Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Rob Whelan. My pronouns are he, him. I'm an author, game designer, and professional nerd. Tonight, I'm the host of Theater of the Mind Players, your friendly local actual play show. Laps. We are uh, doing Session Zero tonight for a game called Mazes. Uh, it is from Ninth Level Games. Uh, it is... Uh, uh, build itself as fantasy role-playing reforged. Um, now, as this is a session zero, this is where I get to talk a little bit about the game itself as opposed to jumping right into the story. Um, and uh, I was excited to, to do mazes for uh, a few different reasons. Uh, one of the big reasons is that um, it is a way to have an OSR experience without playing an OSR game. What does that mean? Well, OSR uh, stands for Old School Renaissance or Revolution, depending on whom you ask. Uh, and it is basically uh, people who have gone back to the original D&D Dungeon Crawl experience and tried and tried to recreate it. Um, and there are a lot of games out there that do it. There are several games that do it very well. Um uh, but a lot of them do it by mimicking the mechanics and the the play loop of original D&D. So it's, it's kind of like uh, going on to Steam and buying like an old game that you used to love on like your, your old computer um, and playing the crap out of it. Or like buying one of those, you know, Atari 50 like things and you're like, oh, I'm playing combat. That's cool. Um Mazes uh, wants that experience, but it is not necessarily beholden to any of those old games, um, which isn't to say that they are bad, but... Uh, Have you ever opened one of those old games up because you're super excited about it and start playing and just realize... You're like, oh, there's so much... <laughs> I forgot about that bad quality. Neverwinter Nights. Forgot about the octagon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dragon Age. Well, I think I, 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 I think there is something like that where you're where you play that game and you're like, "Yep, that was fun," and then you put it back down. Like you, you, you had the experience. You know, you got your your brief hit of nostalgia, and and you move on. Um, whereas Mazes wants. To, to to bring that experience into the uh, into the modern era and I also think it wants to focus on only the good parts uh, like everybody here probably has a memory of you know some some fun weird moment of, from playing uh, D&D of like you know of a monster encounter or like a trap that didn't go the way that you expected or, or whatever. And Mazes wants to focus on that stuff. It doesn't want to spend time on, oh, we, we searched the room and found two copper pieces in, a, in an old sock in the corner. Um, it wants to focus on those, those memorable moments. Um, and part of oh, how it does that is it, the game itself is laser focused on, the dungeon, or as it calls it, the maze. Like there, there's not going to be the shopping segment in town. There's not going to be the I'm going to wander around the the tavern and listen for uh, rumors kind of stuff. All of that is handled by flashbacks that you trigger um, by spending your resources, um, or by giving me more resources to use uh, against you. Um, 
like like a a, a perfect example uh, is you set so treasure is what your character uses to worry about equipment rather than writing down like I have 40 feet of rope and I have a 10 foot pole and, and this that and the other thing you have a treasure amount that you then spend to say, oh, well, I reach in and I pull out my 10-foot pole. Because um, last time I was in town, I thought of that. Right. You determine how much treasure you go into the maze with, but that also tells me how much darkness I have to spend to power monster abilities and things like that. Because if you're going in loaded for bear or owl bear, if you will um, – the owlbear is going to be there. Like, you're, uh, so uh, that's something that you that you will need to to kind of decide on as we we go through. Lastly, um, and this is a very very personal reason why there are a ton of jokes and references to mazes and monsters in the book, uh, including the the DM character calling being called the maze controller, which is what they uh, call uh, the dungeon master in the film and book. Um, starring, of course, Academy Award winner Tom Hanks as uh, the young man who uh, has a mental breakdown and thinks and thinks that Mazes and Monsters becomes real, which was allegedly based on a true story, allegedly. but not really. Um, in in the same way that that any media is based on a true story, and then you read up up on the story and go, oh. That wasn't true at all. And, of course, the, 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 the truly tragic thing is part of the reason why role-playing games and Dungeons and & Dragons were sucked into the satanic panic was because Mazes and Monsters, this fictional version of this story, was seen as being completely strictly true and people were drawing examples from the fiction uh, to drive why that, you know – why people had to keep it out of schools and this, that, and the other thing. So, um, so it is yeah, a very ex- little billy to the devil, right? Little bit <laughs> to the devil. Um, oh, the uh, the uh, <laughs> one other element that I like is that it draws upon the same um, influences that the original uh, Dungeons and Dragons drew upon. So, it, it this game wants to in, instead of being. 80s big book fiction, as they like to call it, which in and of itself was inspired by a lot of those authors playing D&D for many, many years. Um, it uh, wants to go back to 70s fantasy fiction and your your Conans and your uh, uh, your, your Fawfet and the Grey Mousers. And um, that's why it actually wants to be episodic rather than a campaign. It's okay to play this game with the same characters having different adventures, but it, the assumption is that those characters aren't really going to change that much because Conan never really changed that much during the course of his adventures. I mean, he eventually became like a king. Brad is <laughs> making some Lord very f- has some some words some faces. For that. <laughs> he became more buff, Rob. Ah. Well. <laughs> But it's not the the zero to hero progression that you see in a lot of fantasy games where you start out as farm boy Luke Skywalker and end up as... Wesley. I was really sure you were about to say farm boy Wesley. I was real sure. Become the Dread Pirate Robin. I guess that's also a good example. I guess it was a moisture farm, I I guess. (laughs) Um, Man, I am just getting roasted here, so... (laughs) 
so let's have everybody uh, go around the table and uh, introduce uh, uh, who you are. And also, as far as our usual like trivia thing, tell me your favorite dungeon crawl story. Either a, a monster that you fought that didn't uh, that died unexpectedly, or a trap, or a thing, something like that. Tawny seems to be ready to go, so let's start with our first mind player. Oh God, I actually have two. Okay, never mind. Yeah, um, you're in now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tawny P. Thompson. She, hers, um, and I. I want to say the phrase "which side are the hinges on," um, because it became just the running gag through our entire first very long D&D campaign uh, because the DM let me one time, one time I said, which side are the hinges on? He's like, oh, the side closest to you. So I pried the hinge pins off and took the door off of the hinges. And then forever, ever after when we found a door, I wanted to know which side the hinges were on and they were always on the other side. <laughs> or the door had seemingly more more complicated yeah, mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> Dwarves, dwarven doors don't have hinges. <laughs> How do they open? Are they like Star Trek? Like shh, yeah, shh. Okay. exactly. All right. I was debating on telling the "I am the Dragon Queen" story as well, but we'll save that for the next episode. Uh, who'd like to go next? I could tell a recent one. Okay. Uh, hello, my name is Ethan Ixit Anderson. He, him. And uh, my recent one was when we believed if it bleeds, it can die. And we spent hours attacking a tree <laughs> that... It was invulnerable. It was invulnerable because every time we attacked it, it bled, but also fought back. And we all almost died, even though nothing was happening, because we wouldn't give up. It was really fun to DM <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> Did that hurt the tree? No. <laughs> there comes a point where well, you, you, you just are like, just stop, stop, just stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You didn't look at the dice. I don't need to. It's fine. <laughs> Make an intelligence check. You rolled a one. You can tell that the tree can't die. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our next mind player. That's me. Hi, I'm Jordan Fishford. She, her. Um... And I would say maybe my – I'll do a recent one, too, because my memory is so ter terrible. But I would say Invisible Enemies. Um, invisible, invisible Enemies are always so, so fun to me um, because the complete paranoia that everybody feels and everybody having their instinctual, like – what can I do to trap them here? What can I do to um, make them, uh, you know, do I, like, put my hand on their shoulder so I know where they are all the time? Does that actually work in combat? Not really. <laughs> like, Marco. That, yeah. That kind of fun paranoia. And especially uh, the one creature that we fought. Uh, just vanishes when it dies. So when an invisible enemy suddenly cannot be found anymore... Everybody freaking out for that as well. It's always such a good time. I love invisible enemies. It's fun. All right. <laughs> and uh, finally, our very special guest, Mike. Hi, I'm Jenny Higgins. She, her. And my favorite dungeon crawl moment, um, we were deep in it. And uh, well, we, were, we were deep in it. <laughs> Um, oh, and we needed yeah. to, oh, yeah, we needed to roll for a disguise. Ooh. 
And the way that it was working was we failed. So we had to do random consultation of the monster book. <laughs> so as we went through, um, we successfully disguised ourselves as mind flayers. So when we knocked on the door, the door opens, everybody screams, and they're trying not to look at us. And all we could think of saying, because the furnace was in this room, is, we are mind flayers. We are here to work the bellows. And we just slid our way into the room and started working, working the bellows until everybody just slowly left. And we were able to do what we needed to do. So luckily we were able to work it in our favor, but it was the failure was random consultation of the monster book Perfect. Perfect. for our disguise. Perfect. Uh, so hopefully we will be creating uh, some memories like that here uh, with with this show. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about the system um, because it is an unusual system uh, in that you only roll one die type uh, when you do stuff. And uh, the die type is determined by your role or as the uh, book Drolly puts it, your role, R-O-L-L, is your role, R-O-L-E. Um, there are a few different actions you can take uh, in the game, uh, and they are uh, books, boots, blades, and bones. Uh, books actions are when you want to know something or you want to observe something. Boots actions are about movement and, and running around. Blades actions are about attacking and, and, and fighting. And bones actions are about resistance and like willpower. You don't always want to get the highest roll on your die, though you do want to as often as possible. We'll get to that in a moment. But different actions have different numbers that uh, you want to hit. So if you're taking a books action, you want to take, uh, you want to roll a two or a three. If you, uh, or if you're taking a blades action, you want to roll a four, five, six, or seven. Now, in addition to those at those parts of the die, you have the key and the crown. Uh, the key is when you roll. Uh, a one. If the action is something that your class or aspect, which is sort of the, the focus of your character, can do, then it's a success. So, like, if you're playing a thief and you, you know, you're trying to, to figure out uh, a lock that, uh, you know, a lock that is barring a door, um, normally that probably would be a books roll of two or three, but since you're, you have that aspect of thief, it's available as a one, two or a three. Uh, the other role to be aware of is the crown. And that is when you roll the highest die, uh, the highest number on the die. And the crown depends on the darkness level in the, um, in the situation. Uh, darkness is a, is a rating that I track that basically represents kind of the like looming threat. And the more darkness there is, the more difficult it becomes for you to do things. Cause basically it, it's sort of there to also reflect kind of like, eh, we're fresh in uh, into the dungeon. We got plenty of food and stuff. Let's do this. And then as the darkness builds, those resources get peeled away and peeled away and peeled away. You hit the no parents. <laughs> <laughs> More darkness. <laughs> I was and I was going to make a Raiders of the Lost Ark joke, but that we'll go with that one. I got um, 
So uh, that factors into the role that you choose because um, the D4 has a much smaller success aspect, but it's more likely to roll either the key or the crown, which means you tend to be more um, regularly successful. Uh, whereas uh, the D6 is um, kind of, you know, pretty good at everything, uh, whereas the D10 versus the D10, which, because it's got such a wide range, it's it's the least predictable out of the dice you can choose from. Um, okay, so let's talk about each of those roles. And what uh, since there are four of them, I would like each of you to pick a, a different one. So we have uh, each one represented. Uh, the first is the Paragon, and uh, it says in the book here... <clears throat> Seize the D4, Paragon. This is your die. You are the expert. You are the smallest die, but it explodes the most. You have four hearts, not a lot, and four stars, the most. Hearts represent your character's physical ability and stamina, and you spend those in combat. Uh, Stars can kind of represent magic as well as, like, sort of clever plans and narrative control. Um, The Paragon is the most cerebral of the character roles, focusing on thinking, talking, and their senses over combat and action. Uh, They use their special skills more than the other roles, and they shine when they're rolling against books. Choose the Paragon if you, uh, because you want to be the best in a class ability, use your instincts and intelligence, solve problems, investigate and use perception, talk a lot, make decisions, use special abilities rather than basic combat. It's also now you will, Gabby die. Mm-hmm. Well, now you, you will note <laughs> that there is no mention of magic or weapons or 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 any class stuff or any role or yeah, any class stuff because you can choose any of these class die and then be whatever uh other aspect you want so if you want to be a paragon that's a fighter that's great that probably means that you're more of a like thinky fighter as opposed to a a meat wall fighter and you're more of a like you know like a grizzled veteran that is like, oh, no, hit him in the knee. Like Battle tactics. Right. Um, so don't let the die type make you think, oh, I can only be this one thing. The Vanguard. <clears throat> Snatch up the D6, Vanguard. This is your die. You always are at the forefront of the action. You have six hearts and three stars. A good mix. Uh, the Vanguard is the most active of the character roles. They're pretty good at everything. Uh, they shine when they're rolling against books and boots. Choose the Vanguard because you want to always be in the th- thick of it. Use your instincts and intelligence. Be great at physical activities like running and climbing. Be a decent fighter, but are okay with not being the best fighter. And use a blend of special abilities and basic combat. Then you've got uh, the Fighter Die as the D8. Take up the D8, fighter. This is your die. You are here to smash faces. You have eight hearts and two stars. A good mix. 
Uh, the fighter takes center stage when the battle starts. They're at their best in combat scenes. They're always in the middle of the action, and they really shine when they're rolling blades. Choose the fighter because you want to stab it, kill it, or set it on fire. Why did you look at me when you said that, Rob? Because <laughs> Sarah's not here. <laughs> uh, be good at physical activities like climbing and swimming. Survive a, a beating. Dish out some hurt. Focus primarily on basic combat. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least, is the Sentinel. The D-10 awaits you, Sentinel. This is your die. You are the shield that guards the party. You have ten hearts the most, but only one star, which means you are hard to stop, but lacking in depth. Uh, the Sentinel is the most defensive of the uh, character roles. You're good in combat and especially good at brawn and health style tests. You do the most damage and have the greatest effect, but the fighter is more accurate. You choose a Sentinel because you want to be safe and keep others safe. Be strong and hardy. Uh, soak up the damage and laugh at it. Defend the party. Deal the most damage. Or focus primarily on basic combat and be on the defensive. Uh, now that we've gone through that part, uh, there is... Jordan's trying to decide which of her dice are going to roll best. No, there's that. Uh, you must ask yourself, why do I want to enter the maze? Is it because I am a seeker of knowledge and glory? Is it because I want to stay in the heart of the action? Is it because I am here to fight? I hit it with my sword? Or is it because someone needs to keep everyone safe? I would love to not be able to die. So be I the think Sentinel. The Sentinel would be fun. Okay. The that. Sentinel has been chosen. Harumph. 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 <laughs> Sorry, that was late, Harumph. <laughs> you watch your Who hired ass. this guy? I'm having flashbacks of the gauntlet like Character select screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. In my head right now. I'm just going to listen to that music while everybody thinks about the. Valkyrie. Every time. Jesus <laughs> unlocked Valkyrie. Um, Jenny, do you have a great preference? You know, while I have no great preference, I feel kind of pulled to Paragon. Mm-hmm do it all right ethan how stab you want to stab medium stab <laughs> medium high medium low <laughs> i say let ethan be the fighter fighter and you be the other vanguard because i feel like yeah because i feel like those are roles that you normally don't take so you know, since we're doing just a few episodes of this it's a good way to stretch your conceptual wings. I also want to see Ethan fail a lot. So if he rolls low, it'll be fun. So the Paragon uh, gets a a D4 and you have four hearts and four stars. Uh, The Vanguard is a D6. You have six hearts and three stars. I still think this is a good fit for the way that Tawny tends to play because the Vanguard or the, yeah, the Vanguard is the type of character. The fighter uh, is a D8. You have eight hearts and two stars. And the sentinel is a D10. You have ten hearts and one star. Yep. Now, uh, you need to think about uh, how you solve your problems. And there are three answers to this question. 
Um, I will note that uh, the main book uh, has three answers to this question, but there are a selection of additional zines that you can purchase for uh, this game that uh, expand the options uh, should you uh, choose to do so, especially if you want to do stuff like pirate, you know, sea, sea-based stuff or, or things that are sort of out of the usual focused jumping into the maze. Do you solve your problems by the edge of your sword, the embrace of the shadows, or with your eldritch sorcery? Now, there are only three options here, so that means somebody, at least one person, is going to repeat. Sword? Okay. Oh, this is probably going to be weird. I'll do <laughs> eldritch sorcery. Okay. <laughs> Sarah's not here to do magic, so somebody has to do magic. <laughs> She does magic, so <laughs> I will embrace the shadows. Yeah. All right. If anybody wants to be a magic button. I too shall sword. Okay. So uh, here are <laughs> the RPG party. <laughs> so uh, rep- so sword shadows or sorcery that goes under aspect on your character sheet for the swords. You choose your class from the following. Are you a dangerous bravo, a jaded sellsword, a knockabout ranger, a monster slayer, an outcast bugbear, a reluctant hero, a savage barbarian, or a valiant dragoon? I'm feeling jaded sellsword or... What was the run one right before that? Sorry. Uh, dangerous okay, Bravo. Dangerous Bravo. <laughs> dangerous Bravo or Jaded Sellsword. I, uh, do you want opinions? Is that why you're giving us yes. the eyeball? I like Dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Sounds fun. Okay. Let's go Dangerous Bravo. Yeah. That way you aren't going into the dungeon going, <sighs> these rocks. Again? So uh, now you choose masonry sucks your in here. edges. Uh, you uh, always get this first one. The Dangerous Bravo is always precise. As a very serious fighter, are you agile or accurate? Now you're like, okay, Rob, what the hell is the difference? Well, I will tell you. Accurate. Okay. Uh, Agile. Yeah, let's go agile. Precise is close to to accurate. Because each of these edges does mean a specific thing. So it's it's not necessarily just, oh, a word. Mm -hmm. Um, So agile uh, means control of the body um, and balance. Um, accurate means you gain when uh, advantage when fighting from a distance. You are an expert marksman. Precise is gain advantage when fighting in melee. You can spend a star on precise to basically do like I'm going to get you right in the eye. We're gonna go agile. Okay, and then are you hail fast or strong? So, uh, hail means you're healthy, hardy, resistant to poisons and disease. You take advantage on healing saves. Uh, strong means physically strong. You are advantage when lifting or breaking things. Or fast, physically fast, fleet of foot, and quick to react. Let's go hail. Okay. Uh, I should I should mention that advantage and disadvantage work in a similar manner, like to uh, how they work in, in 5e. The main difference is, uh, like, it's slightly different, 
when you roll with advantage, only one of your, your two dice has to come up with the right number. If you're disadvantaged, both of the dice have to come up with the right number to succeed. So those edges represent uh, who you are in this world. And the last one is your best attribute. So now you think about what your character looks like. Like you have an idea forming. I mean, I'm getting Dread Pirate Robert vibes. Um, but do you have, Oh, uh, here's something that you should think about as well is your character's drive. This really isn't, um, Toyota Corolla. (laughs) No, no, that's the ride. Um, you went with dangerous Bravo. So, uh, suggested drives include to drive their foe, uh, foes before them and hear their lamentations. Uh, to prove to prove that they are master fighters, or to defeat to defeat Jane the Sword Saint in a duel. Ooh. It has to be that one. <laughs> Where do I put that? Um, I don't know that. I think that's just a note on the back. <laughs> that look at for the for our podcast listeners. The look at Tony's face is basically well. I have to pick that one because I either have to stab or kiss them. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, maybe yeah. Maybe we'll call him a little call him B. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to who would like to go next. Did Ethan pick his things? You want to go next, Ethan? Sure. Okay. I wasn't sure. Uh, so it's the same list since you're doing sword. I was going to go with savage barbarian. Okay. Ooh. I was expecting you to go with bugbear. Savage. French. Francais. <laughs> Je suis une sauvage. Um, Barbar. Barbar. I honestly thought he was going to go with valiant dragoon because you get uh, basically you you he gets minions to come with him. Oh. But, um, cool, but I get it. Well, you might yet get uh, get to pick a class that has minions. So, um, the the uh, le sauvage barbarian is always tough. Tough, even with the paper cut <laughs> and the lemon juice. <laughs> uh, then the the next question is. As a lone hero, are you deadly or are you strong? What That's... is this? What is the difference? Well, oh my god, let me tell you, the difference is so huge. <laughs> if you are deadly, you are advantage when you roll damage. Uh, it could be because of poison skills, magic, razor claws, burning rage, whatever. Uh, whereas strong is physically strong, you are advantage when lifting or breaking things. I will go with strong. And as your last question, are you ardent, hail, or nature wise? Ardent means resolute, strong will that can resist pain and temptation. Hail is healthy, hardy, resistance to poisons and damage. Take advantage in all healing saves. Or nature-wise means knowledgeable about the natural world, uh, animals, and natural beasts. You may gain advantage in situations when you are fighting against natural things. Do I need to go with squeaker squeak squeaking? (laughs) I literally, I mouthed at Jordan just a minute ago, himbo. So are you playing Kronk? 
on Lim Doman. I, I was going to say Doman rides again here. I know. Oh, I miss Doman sometimes. Do we have to carry a flask of oil specifically for reenactment? <laughs> is this now? Is it, I feel like this is like the. I feel like this is like the movie. So like. This is the movie where the same actor who plays Domon is definitely playing the same character, but they couldn't get the rights to yeah, Domon, yeah. so they change your name. But Makes anybody so who watches the movie is like, "That's fucking Domon." Dominetta. Okay, let's uh, go. With, let's go with nature. Okay, because it's neat. Uh, so, uh, which of these drives to stare off the edge of the world, to crush their enemies and take their silver? To never bend the knee to the hated Grom. I'm going to have to stare off the edge of the flat world. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. It's the nature vibe. Love it. I love it. Once in his life, he felt content, for there were no thoughts in his head. Honestly, same. (laughs) Why do you think we go backpacking? All right, let's go to Shadow. (laughs) Are you an adventurous small folk, the cursed tomb robber, the excellent vagabond, the filthy urchin? There's some some strong uh, adjectives in this game. There are. The Nighthawk assassin. I read that comic. It was really good. (laughs) The puzzling locksmith. The Talented Thief, or the Zealous Cultist. Those are all really fun. (laughs) They are are all really fun. Um, Shoot, can I take a a peek real quick, just because I I forgot forgot the word that you said. Okay, because Nighthawk Assassin sounds really cool, um, but also the Excellent Vagabond. (laughs) I think I will be the Excellent Vagabond. Most excellent. That sounds so good. (laughs) All right. The excellent vagabond is always traveled. Like I, I know, I know what I'm doing. Wise about the wise about the ways of the world and people you have been uh, around and seem to know uh, about a little about everyone and everywhere. Oh, you've got a guy. Well, you can spend a star to know somebody from a faraway place. You got a guy. Ooh, I got a guy. You got a guy. I got a guy. (laughs) You got a guy. Like a million stars, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. I, I, do. <laughs> a lot of guys. I got a lot of guys. Yeah. Oh, I like this detail. They also wear outfits cobbled together from the favorite garb of the many places that they visited. Nice. Um, they prefer jewelry to coin. It's better to wear your fortune than to lose it. <laughs> the next question is, as a wandering jack, are you charming or cunning? Charming means likable, friendly, and interesting to talk to, whereas cunning means mentally slippery, fast, strategic, and sly. I want to be liked. I'll be, I'll be charming. Okay. I usually don't care. <laughs> <laughs> is, now, does this go in the edge section? Yeah, ed that's section? it. So okay. the traveled is your first edge. Okay. Char- uh, charming is your second edge. And then the third question is, are you fast, lucky, or do you have friends? You got a friend in me. <laughs> um, his name is Buzz. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, like he's from far, like the farthest far away that you can ever, ever in your uh, Shoot. Um, lucky your friends. Lucky your friends. Lucky your friends. So friends means you have contacts willing to help you. You choose a type like high places, low places, wild places, dark places. Um, they can act as a font of uh, information. Uh, like I've seen my these marks before well, with my friends in the bugbear tribe. Uh, spending a star on friends is like spending treasure as it provides assistance from the friends or – uh, you can also use it to, you know, basically justify. Oh yes, I asked my my friends to leave a a, a bunch of torches here for us, and mm-hmm. they did. Uh, whereas lucky, you're naturally lucky, and things always seem to go your way. You are advantaged on all chaos rolls, which are basically when I randomly roll a die to see if you if a bad thing happens to you, mm-hmm. and you never take the marked condition. Now, that's that's good because if you lose all of your hearts and basically condition every time you lose all of your hearts, you have to take a condition like tired, broken, you know, whatever. And if you get to the point where you have no more conditions that you can take, uh, you are marked, which basically means the next time you make a death's door roll, you roll it at disadvantage to see if you come out of it. And that never happens to you. I'm going to take lucky. Okay. Uh, drives include uh, nothing really, just passing through. <laughs> one more adventure, and then I'll settle down. Ensure that no one collects the sizable bounty on my head for the gelatinous incident. <laughs> oh man! The gelatinous. <laughs> I really like how everyone is choosing the drives that builds in some sort of person who's like, you. Now, am I supposed to have four? Are there supposed to be four here? You're supposed to get three. Four is you can eventually take an advance that gives you an extra edge. Dig it. Okay. We wrote our our backstory thing in there. That's fine, too. I mean, if we we get to that point, we'll do that. All right. Sorcerer. Are you the Blazing Magician, the Guild Mage, the Haunted Librarian, (laughs) the Infernal Summoner, the Last Ilf, the Quack Alchemist, the Underground Druid, or the Wise Witch? Oh, man. These are all... I spent the last however long looking at all of them, Rob. They're so good. There, there are, there are uh, like each of these also has like another six of them that are focused oh, on, so on other, other stuff. So, but we're focusing on the main book because roll the d8. No, let her pick. <laughs> I think I want to do. That's wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna do. No. <laughs> I didn't do it that time. Jordan life. So the thing is, I chose the Sentinel, so I don't want to do anybody that's uh, smart. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So I, I think I think I might need to be the the thing. Which thing? The, the thing with the thing. I'm going to do <laughs> like the Fantastic Four thing. <laughs> I'm going to do blazing, the blazing one, the blazing magician. Okay. 
So I feel like you're protective, but you also are kind of like, I don't know how long I can hold this, guys! <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Blazing Magician always knows magic. <laughs> which is your first advantage. As a channeler of raw power, are you accurate or are you armored? Ah, what does armored entail? Gain advantage when resisting damage and while defending in general, you can spend stars uh, to negate all the damage you take from an attack. Star. I'm going to do... I'm going to do accurate. I'll do okay. accurate. And that gives you an advantage when fighting from a distance. You're an expert marksman. You can spend stars for taking careful aim for, like, called shots and, like, I'm going to... Take the apple off that guy's head kind of stuff. Are you st ardent, strong, or tough? What is ardent? Resolute, strong-willed, and can resist pain and temptation. Tough is physically capable of taking a hit, holds up against the elements. You take advantage on death's door and healing saves. Oh, I should probably do tough. I'll do tough. <gasps> tough. Bored tough. <laughs> Drives. To obtain personal power and wealth. <laughs> to find focus and discipline in your martial ways. <laughs> to hunt down and stop Bargle the Black. Oh, I don't know. Bargle's a pretty good name there. <laughs> I don't That's know. That's an old school cut, too. <laughs> Way back to old school first edition, D&D. I think... Because of the massive respect I have for Bargle, I'm going to have to choose that one. <laughs> Doesn't say kill yet. <laughs> okay, now you also take a uh, an extra step as far as uh, your choices, Jordan, because you're doing magic, okay. as is often the case with these sorts of things. You cho you need to choose either an elemental domain or a school of sorcery. Oh. So basically, it's do you want to have, you know, width but not depth, or do you want to have depth but not width? The schools are focused on one type of magic. So that's going to be something like, you know, enchantment, illumination, enchantment? conjuration, <laughs> yeah. evocation, uh, summoning, uh... Whereas the domains are like sky, sea, um, forge, earth, night. I don't think sky or water. I like forge. I might do forge here. Okay. Yeah, I'll do a domain for forge. So we have our we have pieces of our characters together, and now it boils down to what do I look like? What is my name? Names. There are there are recommendations in the book. Yeah. So for the vagabond, names recommended include King, Osamu, Grace, Pulliver, Dromus, Stella Star. She who walks slowly. Ooh. Uh, for the dangerous Bravo. Sandra. James, Jarvis, Peng, Helen, Creer, 
Red Eye, Fergie, Black Snake, Wanda the Knife, Geodore, Rithisak, Zico. Am I bringing back Madam Ping? I don't Apparently we're doing a lot of callbacks in this game. Uh, the Savage Barbarian, uh, Yorn, Autumn, Obayana, Nan, Hard Farg, Nassor, Broad Hilda, <laughs> Ruthgar. Uh, and for Blazing Magician, Icewind, Ixidor, Vance, Folsom, Rachel the Canny, Stormbinder, Hexen, Rebeza, <laughs> Salome, Burn. I need to do Rebeza. Honestly, okay. I liked a lot of them, but Rebeza just stands out. <laughs> I went with Hard Farg. I knew you would. I was tempted to go with Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that um, I want to do with with uh, this game is I want to uh, illustrate how you can use it to play older um, modules and things like that, which is why the session that we're going to be doing uh, is going to be inspired by a very classic series of AD&D modules, specifically Pharaoh. Um, which is the first module in the Desert of Desolation series. So you're going to be going into a spooky-ass pyramid uh, as your maze. If you want to think of things with an uh, Egyptian you know, flair, that's definitely the direction that, that, that I want to go. Got it? Artemisia. All right. Gentileski. Yeah. <laughs> So what does uh, Artemisia look like? Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rob! Rob! I feel like that's a kind of a Greek name, so I feel like maybe that's a good inspiration for the look. Uh, what about Hard Farg? Or, okay, you got it? Or you, do you need more time? Um, oh, God. What? Yep, no, I need a minute. Okay. I would say he looks fairly hard. <laughs> but not so much a farg. No, <laughs> the farg is you know mid farg is mid, yeah. Yeah. before we maybe under farg. <laughs> Who among us has not been under farg at some point in our? I mean, life? it comes to us all yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so. What what gives him his savage appearance? Are we talking like furs and leather straps? Are we talking like shirtless? Like what's going on here? I'm thinking shirtless, but he is a very very hairy man. Okay, well groomed hair, but you know he's he's nature. He's got because he travels with a coat mostly. But. Okay, is it braided in <laughs> in very specific plates? Yes. Got a nice beating jingles when he walks. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, who else would like to talk about their, their look? I got an idea. Okay. Uh, so, Rebeza has long, like, bright copper hair that looks, like, almost on fire. Because she has to be on brand. 
And she's thick. She's built very strong. Um, and she looks like she does a lot of work in the sun. So she's very tanned and muscled. Um, she always wears like some sort of shirtless shirt to show off her like defined biceps okay. and triceps and all that cool stuff that she only uses really for <laughs> other stuff because she does magic. Um, and a lot of her her clothing is very like leather um, protective, what she does have, um, because she works with a lot of heat and hot metal and all that fun stuff. Um, I think I'm going to go with the name Auntie. Ah. And uh, I'm kind of feeling um, like a Stevie Nicks sort of like the outer layer looks kind of flowy, have some uh, some gems kind of sewn into it for a little bit of sparkle when the light hits um, underneath, you know, and all of that can be like knotted up and underneath is just kind of uh, that kind of nighttime ninja wear of... Uh, you know, for getting in and out places. Um, she's got a bowler hat because it pleases her. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, kind of long, long, kind of kinky hair that just always manages to be in place all the time. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, uh, the last question that I have uh, to ask uh, everybody is um, why are you here at the doorway to uh, the master maze of Cora Din? Is it because you are here to put the spirit of the god pharaoh Amona Rana to rest? Or is it to seek the power of the star gem? I know what Jordan wants. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, that poor pharaoh. (laughs) My votes on Star Jam. Star Jam. (laughs) All right. You don't have to. You can be nice about it, I guess. (laughs) You can be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. I mean, we could do both, but like the gem is number one. I I support you if you decide to be nice. I just might. Have different priorities. <laughs> uh, so there are two more questions uh, that I want to uh, ask before we uh, we begin the uh, the maze here. Um, one of them is we have to set uh, the level of treasure and darkness. Um. So treasure, re- rather than. Uh, most or many dungeon crawling games where you are like, I have three torches and a a 10 foot pole and this many rope, this many feet of rope and blah, 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 blah. Um, You have a broad collection of treasure. Um, And then if, you know, if you want to narratively have a thing 
you you know, if you need a Holocaust cloak, you spend a point of treasure, and out comes the Holocaust cloak. Um, but the treasure also sets the level of darkness, and those are the points that I spend to make your uh, experience more challenging. I can spend darkness to do things like uh, heal monsters or um, activate their special abilities or bring in extra traps or things like that. Now, the darkness level also kind of determines... So, what, you're, what you need to figure out here is how much treasure do you want to start out with? Because that uh, the that amount corresponds to how much darkness I start out with, and then the darkness level kind of determines some mechanical things. So if we're starting with uh, three or less darkness, uh, it we are currently considered in a bright phase, which means that um, uh, the, the main thing is if you roll a crown, which is the highest number on whatever your die type is, you always succeed regardless of the, of the skill. Um, and if you are, if you are unfortunately at death's door while it is bright, you actually roll that with advantage. No. Um, then there's torchlit, which means uh, five, uh, four, five, or six darkness, and that means that uh, when you roll your crown, you can spend a star or a treasure to succeed, which basically usually means uh, like a either a complicated success or a like last minute save or something like that. If it, things are bleak which means the darkness is at seven or more. Uh, that means that you always fail on a crown roll and uh, death's door is rolled at uh, disadvantage. The other thing to know is that um, when you spend treasure, um, while it is bright or torchlit, the first two categories, uh, the treasure affects the entire party. So, you know, we need a rope. Okay, we've all got ropes. But if it is, is bleak, then the treasure spent only affects a single player. Because then only I have the rope. So, right, what you need to decide right now is how much treasure do you want going into the, uh, into the maze? I will tell you that the first action that you take when you're in the maze also generates a darkness because the maze is dark. And you, there's going to be things there that you don't know about. So take a moment and discuss and see, you know, how loaded for bear are you here? We only live once, right? <laughs> does, does that mean go bright or bleak? That means going bright. The less, the, because. <laughs> but if we only live once. <clears throat> I, I was thinking we just go middling and go torch lit. Just... I, I was going to say hard mode. <laughs> I knew that's what you were implying. All darkness all the time. Um, no parents? Yeah, exactly. No. Um, <laughs> We've made that joke. Check that joke uh -huh. off. Okay. Um, we could flip a coin. I, I'm fine with Torchlight. I'm just fucking with you. We could flip a coin. We have these fancy, fancy coins that came in the adventurer's backpacks. Ah. So, so, or you could make a decision. Yeah. So the decision is if it lands on its edge or in the middle, right? my god <laughs> if it lands on the star we're uh bright and on the crown then we're dead 
Yeah, we'll just. And your torchlight. We go into the I'm maze assuming, and we I'm dig a hole and just land. I'm guessing you're choosing between bright and torchlit. Jordan yeah. wants to go for bleak. Well, Fine, I, I we think don't she... have to. I think it would be funny. <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> I think if we start off on bright, we already picked like the sweet no darkness option when Rob asked if we wanted to just steal from the temple or be better human beings and stealing apparently is the nicer option well, <laughs> it was more of a question of are you there for goal are you there for like money or are you there to challenge the ancient spirit of the pharaoh that is like, fair that's fair but I, I like to think of it as uh, <laughs> I like to think of it like you know just training be, wheels off. It's always harder to be a good person. <laughs> and so it's not like you're dark. not going to get darkness as you play. Exactly. So. I think it's, Bright's fine. <laughs> it's money for an orphanage, Rob. <laughs> My vote's on two. Like Torchlet? Middle? Yeah. No, or two two treasure. Two, two, I think oh. is what three. <clears throat> Got it. That way we'll dip into Torchlet. Fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. Start out Bright. Sure. Okay. okay, so we're going to do two treasure, uh, and then I will take two darkness. Ooh. Now, there is an option here to add a little more darkness. There's one more question I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. so Jordan might yet get to t- <laughs> um, as uh, As I was four so darkness, when I... <laughs> It's like, why does it have to be single digits, Rob? Um, Hi, you will have pie darkness. So, um, what you're supposed to do at the beginning of a maze is you're supposed to ask uh, questions, and one of the questions we asked was about the star gem. Um, but I, uh, but going over everybody's characters, I also realized that two of you have specific named rivals that are part of your backstory. Uh, no, hers is an incident. Oh, okay. I had, oh, I right, had an right, incident. Right, right. The, the, yes. The um, we don't need to talk right, about right, it. Right. <laughs> so, um, the question I'm going to, and those two, of course, are Tawny and Jordan. So what I'm, uh, what I'm going to do is ask you, do you, is your rival also in pursuit of the star gem? D- don't answer yet, but if, it, if they are... I will add a darkness. What I want you to do is once you've made your decision to put your, your fist out, I will call th- when both of you have your fist out, I will call three. If it is up, <laughs> that means yes. And I will add a darkness. If I, uh, if it is down, that means no. And I will not add a darkness. <laughs> Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Let the record show that both uh, ladies uh, want their rival there. So that means we are now at four darkness, which means we are now torchlit. Torchlit. I have to see how quickly that happened. Yeah. See? I didn't even get in the game. I have to say, my rival's name is literally, literally Bargle. (laughs) (laughs) If if he's not there to burgle the star gem... It's, Fair it's enough. Just not. We don't need any argle bargle here. <laughs> exactly. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for uh, listening to our session zero. Um, please be sure to check out our normal feed uh, to watch us actually play this game. I'm very excited. I think that those edges, the the classes are so like evocative, and it's 
it's very like I, I felt all of your pain, like seeing, like just reading the list, going, yeah, that one. No, wait, that one. No, wait, that one. I could play a different magic user every day. And I would be happy. <laughs> no. If, if we uh, uh, if we come when we come back for uh, uh, or if we come back for another mazes, maybe you will. We could do a different magic user, and I just change the consonant at the end of Rebeza's name. So we do Rebeza, Rebeza, and then we do Rebeya. That's very that's very Bob the Fighter too. I like that. All right. Rabina. Um, so uh, from all of us here at uh, Theater of the Mind Players, this is... Uh, Tawny P. Thompson. Ethan Exit Anderson. Jordan Fishburne. Jenny Higgins. And as always, our Lord of the Board... Davies. Uh, and this is Rob Whelan saying, just repeat to yourself, it's only a game. I should really just relax. me, Tawny P. Thompson from Theater of the Mind Players. We're really excited to be playing Mazes from Ninth Level Games. The music you're listening to right now is Theremin Mood by Pecanini. Backing music includes selections from Kevin McLeod. We hope you enjoy! Mm-hmm.